It's Freddie Prinze Jr. and Jeff Dye back in the ring. Wrestling with Freddie makes its triumphant return for an electrifying fourth season. Hey, Jeff, are you ready to rumble our way into an all-new season of Wrestling with Freddie? You better believe I have. I've been practicing my body slams, and I'm jacked. All right, don't go injuring yourself now. We'll be highlighting the best stories and matches of the week in wrestling from AEW, WWE, and have one-on-one talks with the best talents in the world of pro wrestling. Listen to Wrestling with Freddie on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals, Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. What's up, everybody? This is Stephen A. Smith, host of the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast. Tune in every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday at the very least as I bring you all new episodes that feature the biggest headlines in the world of sports, pop culture, business, and I answer your phone calls and respond to your tweets. You'll hear my unfiltered opinions and straight-shooter interviews with top celebrities and game changers. All that and more. So listen to the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcast. I'm Hannah Storm, and my new podcast, NBA DNA with Hannah Storm, chronicles my six decades in professional basketball, from growing up in the sport to becoming one of sports TV's first female broadcasters. Join me as I dig deep into the game's history, unearth some wild stories, and talk to my friends from the world of basketball, from Dr. J to Charles Barkley. It's been a wild ride, and now I get to take you with me. Listen to NBA DNA with Hannah Storm on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. This is The Look Ahead on VSIN, the sports betting network. It is our number two of The Look Ahead right here on VSIN, the sports betting network. In our number one, we did a good job of taking a look at the NFL, and we're still going to be hitting a little bit more NFL on this show as well. We're also going to be going bowling a little bit later as well. As we've got a pair of bowl games that are going to be coming up for Tuesday as well, so we're going to give you guys some picks and analysis on that as well. But we've got to be taking a little bit of a look at the NBA as well because the association certainly has had a lot of intrigue, to say the least, when it comes to everything that we've been seeing with that and the biggest thing with it has been totals this is something that i've been taking a look at quite a bit this season because we all remember first month of the season you wound up seeing right around 62 percent of games wind up going under in the nba that is starting to reverse course a little bit more certainly you're seeing things be just a little bit more shall we say strange in general with regards to COVID 19 actually causing a couple postponements of games like if you're looking at the washington Wizards versus the Brooklyn Nets game that's supposed to be coming up for Tuesday. Well, you're not going to be finding it on the betting board because that game has been postponed. But 
With that said, you take a look at the last seven days in the NBA. Now we're seeing overset at a 54.5% clip. And I mean, it has been really constant when it comes to the NBA. Just you take a look at the last 30 days and the last 30 days only in the NBA. Overs are now hitting at a 54% rate. 111 overs to 95 under. So I find this to be very intriguing. It's one of those things that you're able to have this takeaway for really any sport that you wind up betting in general. When you wind up seeing something just come out of the gates really strong, whether that be favorites, underdog, home teams, road teams, overs, unders, list goes on and on. When you wind up seeing just one thing be very tilted in one way, trust me, the bookmakers are not going to allow that to happen to too much longer. They are going to wind up adjusting their numbers, and you have seen that just in the last few weeks in general. I mean, you take a look at what we wind up seeing on the betting board for Monday. You wind up seeing actually quite a few unders on there, like the Golden State Warriors versus the Sacramento Kings game wound up going well under the total. You wound up getting just a whopper of a total in Utah versus Charlotte. And it's another game that it did wind up going under now when it came to the Bulls and the Houston Rockets and it's a game that very much went over. But I believe that that's the only over that we wound up seeing on the card with the Magic and the Raptors game getting postponed. But something else that I've been taking a look at when it comes to the NBA as well, a lot of these teams that we're going to call them what they are, lesser teams they've actually been able to rise up and they've been able to do a relatively solid job as you take a look at home favorites in the nba over the last 30 days 56 76 and one against the spread so that means that road underdogs are right now covering at a 57.6 percent clip and we've really been seeing it because you take a look at a lot of these great cover teams like the cleveland cavaliers for instance they're having a great year. No ifs, ands, or buts about it. They're looking like they're going to be a postseason team. This is certainly not one of these teams that is like in the top two of their conference or anything like that. And yet they've been able to make you a bunch of money. A team like the Memphis Grizzlies has been one of those as well. And then we wind up taking a look at some of your worst cover teams. It's been teams like the Milwaukee Bucks, the LA Lakers. And meanwhile, you have teams like the Oklahoma City Thunder that are getting to the window. So I think that this is really intriguing to take a look at when it comes to odds to be able to win MVP. I certainly think that Seth Curry is just continuing to spend that further and further and further. He winds up being able to drop 30 last night. So he just continues on that rampage. If you want to take him that very early, I think that you're finding yourself in very good shape. Really, I would say injury is the only thing that could wind up causing Seth Curry at this point. As you just take a look at the season that he's having, it is absolutely tremendous. And what else has been absolutely tremendous to take a look at as well is that you do have an intriguing game that I think is going to be coming up because I was noting how a lot of these teams that were towards the top of the odds board have really been letting you down this season with regards to the NBA. You've got a team that Wanda coming in as one of the more favorites. I feel like a lot of people wanted to poo-pooing this team because they wound up having a run that was, let's call it what it was, aided a little bit by injuries all the way to the finals in the Phoenix Suns. Now they're going to be looking to get their revenge against the LA Lakers on Tuesday. And right now you're finding the Phoenix Suns right around a six and a half to a seven point favorite. They open up six and a half. A lot of books have now moved this to seven. And with your total, you're finding it right around a 220 in a lot of spots. I think that this is going to be a very fascinating game in general, just because with the Lakers, I will just continue to say it. This is not a team that should be towards the top of the odds board by any stretch of the imagination in terms of odds to be able to win MVP or in terms of odds to be able to win the championship just because, I mean, LeBron James is still a really solid player, but you're seeing him start to break down a little bit as well. He's missed quite a bit of time, whether it be due to COVID-19, whether it be due to injury itself as well. So 
I mean, that has been really rough. You just have such an old team in general that you know that you're going to have a couple guys lining up being off the floor. I mean, at some point, one of these guys might need a walker. And you just take a look at everyone that is out for the Lakers right now. They're going to be without Austin Reeves in this game. We all recall the big jumper that you wanted pitting a few days ago. Dwight Howard, Avery Bradley, Ken Bazemore. And meanwhile, the Phoenix Suns, they're relatively clean right now. Obviously, they've been dealing with having to have Devin Booker out of the fold. But as we know, that's something that happened quite a while ago. So it's not something that wanted just popping up at the last minute. They've been able to adapt very well without him. And they, when he wanted returning back into the fold, they were able to very easily put him back in there as he wanted returning on Sunday with 16 points. So I do think that it's still one of these things in which you want to be a little bit more tepid if you're looking to take like a prayer, uh, a player prop with regards to Booker, but I mean, you just take a look at it in general. Abdel Nader is right now the only guy that's really missing for this team, so that puts you in very good footing. And with the LA Lakers, I probably wouldn't like their chances in this game, even if they did have everyone out there. That's just the way that I've been feeling about this team because the LA Lakers, they don't necessarily have ideal shooting. I mean, the guys that have been able to come on for the team have really been the younger guys. I really question what they would be doing without guys like Austin Reeves and Malik Monk because these are guys that have really been able to step up in big spots. Meanwhile, the other guys that they've been looking to, they're just so long in the tooth right now that they haven't been able to do a whole lot. But, I mean, you take a look at what the Lakers are going to be able to throw out there if this game winds up happening because, I mean, you've got so many injuries right now. You've got LeBron James who is day-to-day. I mentioned a little bit earlier, Avery Bradley and company. Anthony Davis is out of the fold. I mean, you're probably going to be looking at Russell Westbrook, Rajon Rondo. I think that Isaiah Thomas is a guy that they want to picking up off the scrap heap as well. Carmelo Anthony, DeAndre Jordan. I mean, this sounds like something that could be great in like NBA 2K15 or something like that. But unfortunately, this is actual live basketball here in 2021, soon to be 2022 when the championship points are getting played. And this is the Lakers team that, I just don't know what's happening with them right now. I mean, they were giving Jay Huff meaningful minutes a few days ago. Jay Huff. I remember watching him at Virginia. This guy does not belong in the NBA. I can tell you that much. So, hey, man, if I'm looking anywhere right now, I'm looking at the Phoenix Suns. And I mean, quite frankly, when it comes to the total, I don't know if you wind up getting enough points from the Lakers to be able to go over in this spot. This is one of these things in which I would say in-game it because when it comes down to what you're able to get out of this Lakers team, you want to be really trying to get a little bit more of a grasp of them. I certainly don't think that they're going to be able to cover this game. Maybe you wind up getting a little bit of a lucky run towards the beginning of the game with the Lakers, and then you're able to get it more at like Phoenix laying three and a half, four-ish if you wind up seeing an early run. But man, I mean, I just don't think that there's any taking the LA Lakers in this spot. And when it comes to the total, you just don't know if the Lakers are going to be trying to play super fast and they just wind up giving up like 140 points or if they're really just looking to slow this game down to a crawl. That's really the only question I wind up having with this game. I've got a couple of questions when it comes to the Portland Trailblazers and we've been having questions all year long with regards to the New Orleans Pelicans and it's very intriguing because you've got right now in a lot of jurisdictions, this line laying one with the Portland Trailblazers being the favorite. So I think that this is going to be one of your better games on the board for Tuesday as well. Unfortunately, when it comes to a lot of books, they don't wind up listing a lot of these games just because, for one, now you've got just this whole big giant ball of wax when it comes to COVID-19 and all that you're dealing with there. And for two, you've also got with the Portland Trailblazers, a team that is dealing with C.J. McCollum already being out of the fold. And now it looks like Damian Willard is day-to-day, and he is very questionable for this game. So 
Oh boy, you're dealing with a whole lot of it there. And when it comes to this Pelicans team, obviously Zion Williams Sin has not been able to hit the floor for the team this season, but darn near everyone else is now back for the New Orleans Pelicans, which has been relatively rock solid for them. Brandon Ingram has been able to step up. I really like the year that he's been able to have. Jonas Valanciunas has wanted missing a few games as well, so he's been able to provide a little bit of a fortification down low. And you take a look at Ingram, and he's been able to put up at least 22 points at each out of the team's last four games. He's really been able to do a good job of making his game a little bit more well-rounded. He's been able to give the team right around five assists per game this season, so he's been able to do a nice job of being able to step up there. Now, when it comes to the ancillary pieces, what you're going to be able to get out of the bench for the Pelicans, that certainly is something which this team is lacking. But I mean, when you wind up having the two stars for the Portland Trailblazers right now dealing with injury, one being questionable in Damian Lillard and another guy in CJ McCollum, who you know is not going to play, I mean, it just causes a situation which... You really can't take the Portland Trailblazers in this spot. If you wind up getting confirmation that Damian Lillard is going to be out there, then I think that it might be worth taking a little bit more. But th- if you wind up having both Lillard and McCollum out of the fold, I mean, it's really going to be Anthony Simons that winds up running the show. And Simons is a solid player, but I mean, this is a guy that he's really built for that sixth-man role, come off the bench, give you a couple threes, be a little bit of an energy guy. So that is something that is just very intriguing to me in general and I mean heck even if Damian Lillard winds up hitting the floor in this game obviously that's going to cause for a relatively large adjustment when it comes to this but he's been hot and cold this season he's only been able to shoot about 32 percent for three was really looking like he was rounding into form before he wound up picking up this injury as well so you just question what in the world is going to be going on there with regards to Damian Lillard because he has been dealing with a couple of ailments this season so it does feel like he's been a little bit hampered and it really has been really one of the biggest things well, that we've noticed in the NBA as well. Quite a few of these guys trying to load manage. Quite a few of these guys that they just haven't necessarily been themselves this season. So we're going to be taking a look at that. And we're going to be staying out there on the hardwood on the other side. But instead of looking at the NBA, we're going to be looking at some college basketball. And I'll be giving you guys what I'm going to be dishing out for the New York Post on Tuesday as well. That's next right here on Beeson, the Sports Bank Network, more specifically to look at. Attention all wrestling aficionados. Wrestling with Freddie makes its triumphant return for an electrifying fourth season. This is Freddie Prince Jr., and I am beyond thrilled to announce that our wrestling extravaganza is back, and joining me once again is the one and only Jeff Dye. Get ready as we highlight the most jaw-dropping matches, dissect the fiercest feuds, and uncover the latest twists and turns in the world of pro wrestling. We're dusting off our legendary side quests and unleashing a barrage of brand new segments that will keep you guys on the edge of your seat like our talks on unsanctioned Thursdays. Freddie, you know we gotta give the people what they want. This season, we have an all-star lineup of special guests who are gonna be gracing our podcast, bringing with them their own unique insights, experiences, and all of that in the world of pro wrestling and beyond. Whether you're a seasoned wrestling veteran or a fresh-faced newcomer, we promise an experience like no other. So buckle up, wrestling fans. Listen to Wrestling with Freddie as part of the My Cultura Podcast Network, available on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty, Sports Scandals, Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals. 
Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. What's up, everybody? This is Stephen A. Smith. When I'm not at my day job, first tape, you can find me in my studio hosting the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast. Tune in every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday, at the very least, as I bring you all new episodes that feature the biggest headlines in the world of sports, pop culture, business, and politics. You'll hear my unfiltered opinions on those nauseating cowboy fans, the chaos in Washington, D.C., and trending topics on social media, as well as my straight-shooter interviews with top celebrities and game changers. And I occasionally give out love advice. Yes, it's true. If you want to know my true feelings about something, I'll give it to you straight. So listen to the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcast. I'm Hannah Storm, and my podcast, NBA DNA with Hannah Storm, digs deep into the history of professional basketball, along with my own as one of the first female sportscasters. Now let's get you up to speed on what else happened around the NBA today. We talked to all sorts of people I interacted with, from Dr. J to Charles Barkley, and recap iconic moments. Yes, he's got it. Here he comes. Ray rocked the baby to sleep and slam dunk. As well as some of the wild stories behind the scenes. We were like, what? What are we in for? The scoreboard crashes before we even tip a game off. Today, the NBA is a global sports and entertainment giant. Players are multimillionaires and cultural icons. Iguodala to Curry, back to Iguodala, up for the layup. Oh, blocked by James. LeBron James. And these stories are about how we got here, both on and off the court. And what's next? Listen to NBA DNA with Hannah Storm on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. This is the look ahead on VSN, the sports betting network. Save 50% off of VSIN access, all access subscription for the rest of the football season with our big game special. Get access to our in-depth matchup analysis, trends, and picks for every game and every single spot on the schedule, including exclusive betting splits, showing you where the money is going on every single game. Sign up today, and you'll also receive our daily best bets emails, weekly betting guides. 24-7 video plus our all-new college football bowl betting guide covering every single bowl game. You get all this for $39 and that's at vcin.com slash subscribe. As we're back here on the look at is myself, Greg Peterson, holding it down for Scott Seidenberg, who you were able to see on the nightcap earlier tonight, and we were holding it down with regards to taking a look at some college basketball as well. As you guys know, I typically give out one play every single day for the New York Post, and Today, we wound up going to the great state of Alabama, more specifically, Birmingham. This is a little bit of an interesting one, as you typically have Alabama play out there in Tuscaloosa. Having been to Alabama once before, Birmingham, very much nearby. Obviously, you've got a big contingency of Crimson Tide fans, but we've seen quite a bit of a move on this game, as you've got Davidson versus Alabama. This is 679-680 on the betting board with Alabama. They wound up opening up an eight-point favor. We have seen this move. Most places have this as a 10-point line. Where I'm at right now, Circa, they've got 10.5. DraftKings, they've got 9.5. A 
really they're the only two that are off market right now as compared to a 10 and your turtle on scheme you're finding it anywhere between a 148 and a 149 i think that this is actually a relatively bad matchup for alabama as alabama has actually ranked outside the top 125 this season in terms of points allowed on a per possession basis meanwhile you take a look at this davidson team and they are hitting everything from the outside this team ranks in the top 10 in all of college basketball with regards to three-point shooting percentage, more specifically fourth, shooting 41.6% from three-point range. And on the road, they actually don't deteriorate either. They shoot the exact same from three at home versus on the road. And something that I always look at when it comes to handicapping, especially with lines that are sort of like this, especially when it was a little bit more eight, when you expect a little bit more late-game felling, is that you always want to be taking a look at how a team shoots at the free throw line. Davidson has been relatively solid. They shoot right around 74-ish percent at the free throw line, actually more like 76% the free throw line. And on the road, they shoot nearly 82% at the free throw line. Meanwhile, you take a look at Alabama, and they are clocking in outside that top 200 right now. When it comes to Alabama, this is a bunch that they shoot 67.9% the free throw line. So that is going to be a big-time concern. When it comes to Alabama, you don't necessarily have a lot of size when it comes to this team. Noah Gurley is someone that winds up coming in from Furman. I like what he's able to bring to the table. Someone who's six foot eight, he's able to pop a couple threes. Charles Bedeko has been able to give you two blocks per game as well. But I do think that Davidson is going to be able to match up very well. Hunjun Lee, 18 points, seven rebounds. Guy that stands right around six foot seven, buries over 40% of his three pointers. Foster Lawyer has been shooting darn near 50% from three. He's able to pump in there 15 points per game. You've got a Davidson team that they do a good job of just being able to pass by committee as well. So I do think that Davidson is in a very good spot to be able to cover. I did wind up saying this as a New York Post play of the day. And I do think that it's really interesting to see this line move around quite a bit as I think that there are a lot of people that they just take a look at the bottom team and they assume it's just a true home game. Meanwhile, this is a game in which I am. It might as well be a true home game for Alabama. We're going to call it what it is, but it is in a little bit of a different location. I always do think that some of those idiosyncrasies are something that you do want to be noting with spots like this, but with Davidson as well, this has been one of your better cover teams at all of college basketball. Nine and one against the spread. We have seen Davidson get off to a lot of sluggish starts when it comes to and against the spread record in past years because it is a little bit more of a complex offense and it is very much a slow down offense as well. You're going to find that teams with a lot of complexities, they wind up typically peaking a little bit more late. They wind up having some struggles early. It has really been the opposite for Davidson this year. You take a look at Davidson with regards to possessions on a per-game basis, and they're towards the bottom of all of college basketball, which really makes this a tortoise-in-the-hair matchup. Alabama, 32nd in the country when it comes to possessions per game. Davidson, 316th, and typically it's a little bit easier to slow down a fast team rather than speed up a slow team and Davidson. They haven't necessarily been the world's most efficient defense in the world, but they've been good enough. And I do think that they are going to be more than good enough to be able to cover this line. I wound up setting this as Alabama laying six of what I gave up for the New York Post. Wound up writing this up a little bit earlier today is that I'm going to be taking the points with Davidson. Also did wind up setting this total at 144 as well. I do think that you wind up getting a tad bit of a lower scoring game in this one as well. So it's a spot in which I am gladly going to be taking a look at the under and for the New York Post, wound up writing it up, Davidson. So we've got that out of the way. And now we've got to be taking a look at some Big East action as well as you've got a team that has really been plummeting down the rankings, and that would be Villanova. They are going to be playing us as Xavier. The X-Men wound up opening up in a lot of spots right around a five-point underdog 
what you're seeing right now and we're going to get that rotation number for you as well because they do find making us a little bit difficult when it comes to being able to track a lot of these games because you've got the normal games and then the extra games but it is 623 624 now you're finding villanova Pretty much across the board, a five and a half point favorite in your Toronto's game. You've got it clocking in anywhere between a 136 and a half and 137. And with Villanova, I wound up setting them as a six personally. I personally wound up gobbling up the five that we wound up seeing a bit earlier. And I still like a five and a half as well. When you wind up getting the six, I would probably look to lay it with Villanova before I'd be willing to take it with Xavier because while Xavier has looked solid this year, there still is a little bit of question mark when it comes to this team. They're not necessarily great at the free throw line. The three-point shooting is a little bit spotty as well. And then you take a look at what you've been able to get out of Villanova. And it certainly has been tough, but just take a look at the competition that Villanova has been playing against as well. I mean, it has been no cakewalk for the team. You wind up having to play against UCLA in the early part of the season. Then you wind up playing Tennessee. You wind up going up against Purdue. I also think that along the way, they want to play against the LA Lakers. So very much a battle-tested team and a team that winds up bringing back a bunch of veterans as well. Colin Gillespie, it feels like has been in college basketball for about 15 years at this point. Meanwhile, for Xavier, they've been trying to mix and match with regards to some of their transfers. Adam Kunkel has been able to come on. He's been able to give the team eight points per game. I remember this guy was really able to tear things up while he was at Belmont a few years ago. And when it comes to Xavier as well, what I think is going to be really big for them just being able to do a better job in general of being able to knock down their easier shots when it comes to their two-point shooting percentage. It's right around 113th in college basketball, so neither great nor terrible. Nate Johnson has really been the head of the snake for this team. He's been able to give the team 13.5 points, 3.5 rebounds, knocking down 47% of his threes. And this is also a team in a little bit of transition because they wound up being without Zachary Mantle for the first six games of the season. He was the team's top scorer last year and thus far this year. Been able to get the team right around nine points, four and a half rebounds. Hasn't been as versatile as he was last season, but you can tell that it's starting to come along a little bit for him. But when it comes to Villanova, I think that they're going to be able to get enough rebounding in this game to be able to get it done. Justin Moore has been able to give you more with right around 12 points per game. You've got Jermaine Samuels giving you more like 11. So I think that these guys are equipped to be able to cover this number that we're seeing right now, five and a half. And when it comes to this total, interesting because you've got Villanova, one of the slowest and most tortoise-like teams in all of college basketball. Meanwhile, you've got a Xavier team that they're in a little bit of transition as well. The X-Men are sort of a go-with-the-flow chameleon sort of team. They rank 123rd with regards to possessions per game. Villanova, you're going to find them at 326 out of 358 D1 teams. So I lean a little bit more to the under. I wound up setting my number in this game at a 135 personally. So I do think that you wind up getting a little bit of a lower scoring game. If you're looking for an underdog, I think could wind up cashing on Tuesday as well. How about if we go to the SEC? 637, 638 on the betting board. The Phoenix of Elon are going to be heading to Arkansas. Arkansas opens up an 18 and a half point favorite. Now we're seeing this took up to 19 a lot of spots. I have no idea why. And you've got your total anywhere between 153 and a half and 154 and a half. I feel like a lot of people wound up putting blind trust into Eric Musselman this year. I took a look at this roster and I really didn't know the pieces were going to mesh together. And thus far, that's been the case. Like Stanley Moody has been able to give you nine points per game. You've been able to have Jalen Williams just be the ultimate Swiss Army knife guy for the team. Like seven points, eight rebounds, four assists. He's someone that's saying six foot ten. He's able to pop threes, but doesn't necessarily pop them well. And that's a big thing for Arkansas. 
They're a team that they shoot right in the neighborhood about 30% from three-point range. So the outside shooting certainly is leaving quite a bit to be desired. And then you take a look at what you're able to get out of Elon, and you've got the Hunters. Hunter Woods and Hunter McIntosh. McIntosh has been able to get this team right in the pocket of about 11 points per game. A guy that's able to bury right around the mid-30s with regards to his three-point shots. Hunter Woods gives you more around eight-ish points per game, but he does a good job being able to shoot nearly 40% from three-point range. Michael Graham has been a good on-ball defender for this team. And when it comes to Arkansas, typically you would expect this team to be a little bit better on the glass as well. That's been a little bit of an issue. And they're giving up the three-point arc as well. I still remember two seasons ago, Arkansas was a very dominant team at being able to guard three-point shots. They have actually been one of the lesser power teams out there in all of college basketball with regards to three-point shooting defense as well. So I think that that's going to wind up hurting them a little bit. Arkansas always has a relatively up-tempo style. They're looking to play the the 40 minutes of HE double hockey six sort of style at number 43 in the country with regards to possessions per game. But Elon has been a relatively solid defense or in the bottom half of college basketball with regards to tempo. I think that they're going to be able to get that. They actually played relatively solid against North Carolina a few weeks ago. And I do think that they're going to be able to do so once again here. What else is relatively solid is just being able to take a look at college basketball. We're going to be doing more of it on the other side, including a Pac-12 team that I think winds up going down on on Tuesday. That's on the uh, that's on the look at right here on VSIN, the Sports Bank Network. This is the look ahead on VSIN, the Sports Betting Network. We have a new prop tracker now available at VSIN.com for you to be able to keep up with all the key NFL props. Head over to VSIN.com to get current odds as well as the movement each week to be able to follow the trends and find the best value. You're able to do this for odds to be able to win MVP, Coach of the Year, Rookie of the Year, and so much more. Check out Prop Tracker, betting splits, key trends, and matchup data for every single game. And that is at VEASAN.com slash NFL. So you're back here on the look at it is myself, Greg Pearson, and we took a look at some marquee NFL games or marquee college basketball games on the flip side. We took a look at the NFL in the first hour, and I'll be refreshing those in the final hour as well. And don't worry. At some point tonight, we are certainly going to be going bowling as well. So we've got a lot of things that we're going to be hitting on here on the look at. But we've got it on a little bit more college basketballs. We've got over 60 games on the betting board. And I am very intrigued to see what we're going to be getting from Kansas playing a true road game. You do not wind up seeing this very often. And with that said, you do wind up having Kansas as a relatively sizable favorite as they wind up going to the CU Event Center as right now with Kansas. You're finding them as a 10 and a half to an 11 point favorite. This is 665, 666 on the betting board. And your total on scheme, it is 144. I want to blind this as Kansas being a 10 point favorite. I think that we have went too far here. I am certainly going to be looking to gobble up Colorado and would love to see this thing just continue to go up and up and up because this is one of these classic games where you've got to be taking into account home court because with Colorado, they're in Boulder, they're at elevation. This is just a funky spot for any team to wind up traveling to. And Kansas is absolutely tremendous, but they're a little bit more up-tempo this year. And they're a team that they really do rely upon their offense. A few years ago, this was a Kansas team that they were actually hanging their head on defense, which I still remember that year, 2019-20. They did not wind up playing a single over in road games. That was one of the more ridiculous things that you ever found. So if you wanted betting the over in all 10 of those Kansas road games, well, 
you lost 10 bets. So that was not necessarily too much fun. But you do take a look at what you're able to get out of Kansas here. And Oshay Ubaji, they will give you right around 22 and a half points per game. This guy has been absolutely tremendous for this Kansas team. And now David McCormick, who wound up having a little bit of a slow start to the season, he's been able to pick it up as well. This is someone that many people thought was going to be the player of the year out there in the Big 12. Now, I think that that ship has certainly sailed on him, but he still has a chance to be a very solid player this season, a guy that wound up having a double-double in that game against St. John's and really be able to get himself going. Now he's able to give the team 8.5 points, 5.5 rebounds per game, and what is going to be really telling is what does Colorado wind up doing on offense because this is a Colorado bunch that they have scored 65 points or fewer in six out of their last eight games. They have been ice cold from three-point range. This is a team that has a collective. They barely shoot 30%. From distance, you do have Jabari Walker. He is the son of Samaki Walker, actually. He's been able to do a nice job being able to lead the way. 13.5 points, 8.5 rebounds. He's a six foot eight, little bit of a combo player that has been able to do a solid job of Yoga. This seems some versatility. You may recall he won bearing eight threes in that NCAA tournament game against Georgetown, but thus far this season, shooting 24.5% from three point range has not been good. Really, Evan Batty is the only one that's been able to hit from distance. He's shooting 53% for three. He's been able to give the team 13 points, right around four and a half rebounds per game. But when it comes down to it with Kansas as well, this is a team that they do wind up turning the ball over a little bit as well. You wind up seeing them get exposed a little bit by Stone Cold Stephen F. Austin of all teams. Now, Stephen F. Austin, another very intriguing team. And I do think that what Kansas is doing right now with their schedule is good. You wind up going to Colorado at elevation. They wind up playing against St. John's at Madison Square Garden. Now you wind up going to Boulder. So, I mean, this is a team that they're throwing at themselves a little bit of everything. I think that it's going to make them better in the long run for those of you guys that take a look at futures. But when it comes down to it with this Kansas team, they are a team that when it comes to just being a guard in general, they're 146th in the country with regards to opponent's three-point shooting percentage and overall field goal shooting percentage, 252nd. So this is a Colorado team that I do think that has a solid chance of being able to get to 65 points for the first time in a very, very long time. This is a total that you're seeing clocked in anywhere between 143 and a half and 144. And with Kansas, they've actually only played one of their games to the under so far this year. They did wind up having a push thrown in there as well, but they've been very much an up-tempo team. I wound up pretty much taking a middle approach myself. I think that bookmakers took the same. I wound up setting my total personally on this game at a 144. So seeing right here at circa 143 and a half, I lean towards the over and when it comes to the 144 as well, I do just because if you do wind up seeing what I wound up handicapping, a 10-point game with a minute left to go, you know that crazy things can wind up happening when teams wind up starting to just hack away while they're trying to be able to claw their way back into it when they're down like 8, 10, sometimes 6 points. So I would be leaning a little bit towards an over, but certainly interesting that we see this big of a line move. Is I do think that there's been a little bit of a lack of respect for a home court advantage in this game. So I'm going to be taking a look at the points in this spot. I was mentioning it a little bit earlier. There is a Pac-12 team that I think is going to be going down on, on Tuesday. And we're going to be going to the extra games board. If you do not wind up having these available to you right now, they will be up in the morning. And I can tell you right now, unless we wind up seeing a very, very, very big line move, this is still going to be available to you. 306-057, 306-058. Oregon State. Going to be playing us at Nichols. Nichols, a five to five and a half point underdog in this spot. And I think that Nichols winds up winning this game outright. I wound up saying them as a favorite. When it comes to Nichols, this is a team that is ranked in the top 10 in all of college basketball in terms of steals per game in three out of the last four, four years. And you take a look at this Nichols team. 
They wound up getting bludgeoned a little bit when they wound up going to Texas to play against Baylor, but they wound up very nearly knocking off Wisconsin. I, I think that they wound up having a chance at the end of regulation to be able to tie because they wound up losing that game by three. So, I mean, this is a nickel team that they're going to have the best player out there on the floor. Ty Gordon is someone that's able to give you 19 and a half points. He's able to throw in there four assists per game. This guy is great. Emmanuel Little's down low. Winds up coming in from North Alabama. He's been able to contribute right around six rebounds per game as well. And then you take a look at Oregon State. Boy, this thing is a dumpster fire. I mean, I thought that their Elite Eight run was built on sand a little bit, and they had maybe used up a little bit of their magic. They used up every little bit of magic that they have probably for the next 30 years. I mean, good grief. This is really bad. I mean, how bad is it? They've got one more win than the man at this desk right now. And I can tell you right now, the man at this desk is not a college basketball team. So that's not great. And it's not like it's all been just playing against Arizona. Like when you wind up losing on your home floor to Arizona, that's understandable. Arizona, a very good school. You take a look at some of these losses and they are head scratchers. They wound up losing to UC Davis. Now, Utah State also wound up losing to UC Davis on their home floor, but also the Academy of the Arts. Went to UC Davis and wound up being able to knock them off. So it's been the best of times and the worst of times for them. When it comes to Oregon State as well, they wound up taking a really bad loss to Samford. Not Stanford, Sam I Amford out there from the Southern Conference. So that is not great for the team. They wound up losing to Princeton as well. I mean, and you just take a look at some of these losses as well. I mean, it's understandable to wind up losing a game to, say, Penn State, but scoring 45 points in that game, you got to be kidding me. This offense has been rudderless. Wayne Dinkle wound up getting a big, giant extension. And I tell you right now, Oregon State is probably regretting that you had to sign him to an extension after they wound up making the Elite Eight. But, man, I mean, what are you able to get out of this team outside of Warworth Altice, who, ironically enough, actually began his career out there in the Southland, which is actually the conference that Nichols is currently in 11 points, six and a half rebounds per game. He's been able to give you a little bit over a block per game, but you just take a look at this Oregon state team. They are not generating turnovers whatsoever. This is a team that is shooting 65.7% free throw line. That is in the bottom 60 of all of college basketball. They are 290th in terms of three point shooting percentage in terms of opponents, three point shooting percentage. They're allowing them to shoot 34%. That's 225th in all of college basketball. So the list goes on and on and on and for Nichols I just think that they've got the better team in this spot I take a look at Nichols and I see a team that should be able to win this game outright so if you're looking for a little bit of a juicy money line we're going to be looking at Nichols being able to take off an Oregon State team that is all out of source if you're looking for a home underdog that I think might be a little bit pesky and they're going to be in conference play as well how about if we head to the great state of Wisconsin my home state as you've got Marquette and UConn 663 664 UConn opened up a two and a half point favorite. Now you're finding them as a four and a half point favorite in a lot of spots. It looks like DraftKings still has a three and a half available. John's game is anywhere between 142 and 142 and a half. And for Marquette, certainly has been a little bit of a hot and cold year for them. But I like the way that this team has been able to come together. They have clearly been a different team when they have been on their home court versus on the road, as you wind up seeing them being able to take off or take down Illinois earlier this season. Daryl Marcel, I think, is going to be a key piece 
for this team. A guy that is one of the legitimately best on-ball defenders in all of college basketball. He's been able to shoot darn near 40% from three-point range, right around 14 points per game. And then you take a look at the flip side for UConn. They're still dealing with a couple of injuries now. They did wind up getting Tyrese Martin back in the fold. That is very big. Odama Sanogo, though, he has been a no-go for this team through the entirety of the month of December. There's a chance that he could wind up returning if he does wind up doing so. He probably is not going to be in the fold for this game, though. And when it comes to Marquette, they have been able to do a good job of being able to push a tempo. They're now in the top 75 in all of college basketball with that regard. And I do think that it's really interesting when you wind up taking a look at the total in this game as well. I'll be hitting upon that a little bit more on the other side. We're also going to go bowling next. So you have Marquette versus UConn and some bowls to look forward to next right here on the look at on Beeson, the sports betting network. Attention all wrestling aficionados. Wrestling with Freddie makes its triumphant return for an electrifying fourth season. This is Freddie Prince Jr. And I am beyond thrilled to announce that our wrestling extravaganza is back. And joining me once again is the one and only Jeff Dye. Get ready as we highlight the most jaw-dropping matches, dissect the fiercest feuds, and uncover the latest twists and turns in the world of pro wrestling. We're dusting off our legendary side quests and unleashing a barrage of brand new segments that will keep you guys on the edge of your seat like our talks on unsanctioned Thursdays. Freddie, you know we gotta give the people what they want. This season, we have an all-star lineup of special guests who are gonna be gracing our podcast, bringing with them their own unique insights, experiences, and all of that in the world of pro wrestling and beyond. Whether you're a seasoned wrestling veteran or a fresh-faced newcomer, we promise an experience like no other. So buckle up, wrestling fans. Listen to Wrestling with Freddie as part of the My Cultura Podcast Network, available on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty, Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals. Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. What's up, everybody? This is Stephen A. Smith. When I'm not at my day job, first tape. You can find me in my studio hosting the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast. Tune in every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday at the very least as I bring you all new episodes that feature the biggest headlines in the world of sports, pop culture, business, and politics. You'll hear my unfiltered opinions on those nauseating cowboy fans, the chaos in Washington, D.C., and trending topics on social media as well as my straight-shooter interviews with top celebrities and game changers. And I occasionally give out love advice. Yes, it's true. If you want to know my true feelings about something, I'll give it to you straight. So, listen to the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcast. I'm Hannah Storm, and my podcast, NBA DNA with Hannah Storm, digs deep into the history of professional basketball, along with my own as one of the first female sportscasters. Now let's get you up to speed on what else happened around the NBA today. We talked to all sorts of people I interacted with, from Dr. J to Charles Barkley. 
and recap iconic moments. Yes, he's got it. Here he comes. Ray rocked the baby to sleep and slam dunk. As well as some of the wild stories behind the scenes. We were like, what? What are we in for? The scoreboard crashes before we even tip a game off. Today, the NBA is a global sports and entertainment giant. Players are multimillionaires and cultural icons. Iguodala to Curry, back to Iguodala, up for the layup. Oh, blocked by James! LeBron James! And these stories are about how we got here, both on and off the court. And what's next? Listen to NBA DNA with Hannah Storr on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. This is The Look Ahead on VSIN, the sports betting network. If you're looking for more sports betting discussion around your favorite teams, Bet Rivers has you covered. Bet Rivers has launched a series of CityCasts designed to tackle sports betting from a local perspective. You've got CityCasts for Chicago, Denver, Detroit, LA, New York, Philadelphia, Pittsburgh, and now Washington, D.C. Subscribe to your local CityCast wherever you get your podcast at. It is a look at it with myself, Greg Oops Peterson. I am doing my best to be able to keep it together on air right now because my wonderful producer, Jason Kahn, he just told me that it is super cold outside here out in Las Vegas and that he had to buy an electric blanket. Being someone from the great state of Wisconsin, I frown. I walk to college classes and negative 50 degrees. That is why you get the toughness that you wind up seeing on these shows whenever I am on there. So have no fear there. There will be no electric blanket brought, bought here aside from when my fiance probably winds up requesting one. And then I will begrudgingly wind up folding like a cheap lawn chair. But with that said, we are not going to be folding like a cheap lawn chair when it comes to our handicaps. We actually stay strong like this, unlike on electric blankets. We were talking a little bit more about Marquette versus UConn. And when it comes to this UConn team, I think that they're going to be a really intriguing handicap moving forward because I did wind up saying them as a favorite in this game. It's just a case of which I think it might be a case of a couple too many points. When you take a look at this UConn bunch, they've been able to do a great job on the last hand. I will say, I like what I'm seeing out of out of RJ Cole, who's been able to give the team four and a half assists. He's been able to chip in their 16 and a half points per game. But I think that this is a Marquette team that has taken many of us, including myself, by surprise. So it's a spot in which I'm going to be taking a look at Marquette, being able to catch a point. So I wound up actually setting UConn as a three and a half point favorite. So this has wound up crossing through my line. I wound up setting this total at 143.5. Marquette has been fast. They haven't necessarily been efficient. And UConn, they've been pumping up their tempo a little bit. They've been relatively solid on defense. So I do think that late game felling is going to be able to give you just enough to be able to get this one to the window with regards to the over. And I like the 4.5 that we're currently seeing with Marquette. I mentioned it on the other side as well. We've got to be going bowling at some point. And good gosh darn it, we're going to be doing it right now. College bowls are just in full swing. And if you have yet to pick up the VSIN College Bowl betting guide, you want to be doing that right about now because they've got write-ups for every one of these games. But how about if we go to the great state of Idaho? This is for the famous Idaho Potato Bowl. 221-222 if you're looking on the rotation number, by the way. Wyoming versus Kent State. The Golden Flashes find themselves as a 3.5-point underdog. Your tallest game is anywhere between 58.5 and 59.5. You've seen very little movement on this game, and... That's because we've seen pretty much the fewest amount of opt-outs opt-outs of any bowl game that you're going to find. So that makes things very easy with regards to handicap. You don't have to go through just a whole bunch of, oh, is this guy playing? Is this guy not playing or anything like that? So that is something that is very relieving. But 
just taking a look at the way that these teams wind up entering into this bowl game. You've got Kent State in a little bit of better form when it comes to the offense. The defense has not been good for this team. They have given up at least now, oh boy, 41 points in now four out of their last five games. So that has been brutal. Meanwhile, you've got a Wyoming team that they've been having a little bit of a tough time on offense. They've scored 31 points or fewer in four out of their last five. I think it's going to be best thing for this Wyoming team. Are they able to get anything through the air whatsoever? As towards the back half of the season, you wind up seeing Sean Chambers wind up getting the majority of the snaps due to injury. So that is really a case in which what are you going to be able to get out of him? I think is the main question. Now, if you're looking for any sort of a home court advantage sort of ordeal, obviously you'd be giving it a little bit more to Wyoming in this spot because Wyoming, they are a team that they wind up going every few years over to Boise. They wind up playing on this field quite a bit. So that does wind up giving you a little bit of an advantage there. But when it comes to Kent State, the big question is, what are you going to be able to get from them with regards to a defensive standpoint? And I think it's probably going to be a little bit less than Celeron. You also have to call into question Dustin Crum as well. He wound up throwing a pair of interceptions at that game against Northern, against Northern Illinois, also in the last game of the regular season, to be able to get them to the MAC championship game. He threw a pair of picks against Miami of Ohio as well, so they were able to overcome it, but he's been making quite a few mistakes recently. You've got a Wyoming defense that they've been able to do actually a terrific job through the air. They're giving up about 177 and a half yards through the air. That's one of the better pass defenses of any team that wanted to make it a bowl game. Meanwhile, with Kent State, they're just giving up yards. I mean, they're giving up 467 yards per game. This is a team that is just to say, you know what, we're not playing any defense whatsoever. And Kent State was expected to be really bad out there in the max. So they have overachieved this season. So they're playing with a little bit of house money in this spot. I do think that this is going to be a little bit of a flat spot for them. You got to figure that they are going to be playing with a little bit of emotion. You got to figure that there's going to be a big giant rah-rah for the team. But man, I mean, I just take a look at this game and I do think that you're going to be able to get some good production out of the ground game. Marquise Cooper has been able to give you a little bit over a thousand yards, but he wound up having just six carries in the game against Northern Illinois. You've got your question marks when it comes to him coming into this as well. So man, I take a look at it and I do think that you got to be taking a look at the team that it just has a little bit more familiarity with these surroundings with Wyoming, getting them at three and a half. I do think it's relatively solid value. And it comes down to the question when it comes to the total of, do you trust in a team that is doing a relatively solid job on defense, which I would say Wyoming is, especially through the air, or do you trust in the offense? It is going to be a little bit chillier. I do think that this could be a little bit of a flat spot when it comes to the offense, especially with Kent State and their turnovers. Turnovers are both spread killers and their total killers. So I'd be taking a look at an under in this spot. I feel a little bit less good about the under than I do Wyoming. I think that they should be able to cover this game. I think that they should be able to win this game by a touchdown. So very willing to lay three and a half when it comes to this one. And then the other game that we've got coming up with regards to the bowl slate is San Diego State and UTSA. The Roadrunners found themselves as a three-point favorite coming in. They are now a three to two and a half point underdog as you've got a total of anywhere between 49 and 49 and a half. You're going to be a little bit short-handed for UTSA in this one. So that is certainly going to be playing a little bit of a factor with this. And San Diego State, they've been playing a little bit of musical quarterbacks themselves. So that is something that is very key. You've got a San Diego State team that has been dealing with just pretty much a two-quarterback system the last few weeks just due to the injuries that they wound up racking up. So that is very much going to be hurting this team. And when it comes down to it for San Diego State, 
you've got one of the best defensive players in all of college football. Cameron Thomas, Ewan racking up 20 and a half sacks, or Ewan racking up 11 and a half sacks and 20 and a half tackles for loss this season. Meanwhile, you've got Frank Harris, who has been dealing with a little bit of, I think it's injury, because he wound up getting benched in the second half of their Conference USA Championship game against Western Kentucky. He wound up losing a pair of fumbles, so that is really causing things to come into question for this Roadrunners team. It's a game in which, if there is a good old classic stay away from me, it probably is going to be this UTSA versus San Diego State game, because with San Diego State, they themselves have a deal with injuries when it comes to quarterback spot. We're talking about it so much when it comes to the NFL, especially the Washington football team versus Philadelphia Eagles game, which I'll be refreshing for you guys in the final hour. Talked about a little bit about it in the first hour. We're going to be hitting on that in the final segment of the final hour. So that way you wind up getting some best bets for the NFL towards the back half of the show. But when it comes to dealing with a pair of teams that have big giant quarterback issues, that does make it a little bit tough. Now, the good news is with San Diego State, you know what you're going to be able to get out of this defense. They've been one of the most stout groups in all of college football, Greg Bell has been able to give you right around 1,000 yards on the ground game as well. This is a San Diego State team that they really don't deviate from who they are. This is a team that they are going to pound the ball on the ground. They are going to play some good, solid defense. So if you are looking for anything, I'd be leaning a little bit more towards San Diego State as a result of that because they do utilize their quarterback a little bit less. But when it comes to UTSA, this has been a team that has had an absolutely magnificent season of their own. I do recognize that they did wind up having that loss to North Texas towards the back half of the season, but really other than that, this team has been able to hold up at the point of attack. And when it comes to UTSA, their main strength when it comes to defense is being able to bottle up the ground game. They do wind up giving it up through the air. And this is a San Diego State team that they don't have that forte. Meanwhile, with San Diego State, this is a team that they are a top 10 rush defense in all of college football, giving up 77 and a half yards per game. So they've been able to hold up there and, they give it up a little bit more through the air. So I, I think that this is going to be a good medley to be able to get a little bit of a lower scoring game. This is one that's going to be taking place in Frisco, Texas. So if there is a little bit of home field advantage to be had, it certainly would be leaning towards UTSA a little bit more in this game. But I do think that San Diego State is going to be able to have the upper hand just because you've got so many question marks when it comes to this UTSA offense and when it comes to the total. I lean under. You just see San Diego State time and time again always be able to impose their will. You always feed, you always see them be able to do a great job with that aspect as well. So we're going to be taking a look at an under in this spot. And if I'm looking anywhere, because like I said, I don't necessarily feel as good about this one. This is not going to be an official play for me or anything like that. But we'll be looking at San Diego State being able to lay the points. And I do have to say as well, when it came to the bowl game that we wound up seeing on Monday, you did wind up seeing the string of underdogs, and it's been a long one. It did not wind up coming through on that one as Tulsa was able to take down Old Dominion by kind of 30 to 17. So you did wind up having a little bit of misfortune there, but underdogs by and large here in bowl games have been relatively soft. I do recognize that I'm right now leaning towards a pair of favorites, but that has been an angle that I've been taking a look at. So we're going to be going through these bowl games all week on the look at prior to the day of the game and being able to give you guys a little bit of information there. Coming up next, we've got to give you guys a little bit of information when it comes to college basketball. Looking at some games that we've got coming up for this slate of college basketball on Tuesday. Next on the look at right here on VSIN, the Sports Betting Network. Go all in. Go all in. Go all in. It's Freddie Prinze Jr. and Jeff Dye back in the ring. Wrestling with Freddie makes its triumphant return for an electrifying fourth season. Hey, Jeff. 
Are you ready to rumble our way into an all-new season of Wrestling with Freddy? You better believe I have. I've been practicing my body slams, and I'm jacked. All right, don't go injuring yourself now. We'll be highlighting the best stories and matches of the week in wrestling from AEW, WWE, and have one-on-one talks with the best talents in the world of pro wrestling. Listen to Wrestling with Freddy on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals, Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. What's up, everybody? This is Stephen A. Smith, host of the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast. Tune in every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday at the very least as I bring you all new episodes that feature the biggest headlines in the world of sports, pop culture, business, and I answer your phone calls and respond to your tweets. You'll hear my unfiltered opinions and straight-shooter interviews with top celebrities and game changers. All that and more. So listen to the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcast. I'm Hannah Storm, and my new podcast, NBA DNA with Hannah Storm, chronicles my six decades in professional basketball. From growing up in the sport to becoming one of sports TV's first female broadcasters. Join me as I dig deep into the game's history, unearth some wild stories, and talk to my friends from the world of basketball, from Dr. J to Charles Barkley. It's been a wild ride, and now I get to take you with me. Listen to NBA DNA with Hannah Storm on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.